looking at an 0-10 coach, and I, I couldn't be more proud, man. You know, yeah. It was uh, my guys played so hard, starting with my son last night. He uh, about two minutes into the game, he got thrown to the ground, hit his head on the floor, got a knee to the nose, and played with a bloody nose for the next two quarters. Didn't stop. So the shortest kid on the team, smallest like kid on the team, was basically pissing off everybody on that court. Yeah. So a proud uh, father moment, man. And we were only down two nothing at that point. Yeah. What's your uh, biggest lesson learned from the from the season with the coaching, like getting into the mindsets of the kids? So it's funny, sad because I think I had actually sent out an email to the families right after the game. Got out to the parking lot, I'm sitting there with my son. You know, he's he's excited because he's just bruised everywhere and blood everywhere, and you know, feels like a warrior. But I had uh, you know decided to send an email out to everybody and you know, long story short basically just you know thanking them for letting them you know play under me let me coach them you yeah. know all the things that they learned right how a lot of kids I think they're they're used to to winning right and I think just grown-ups as a whole used to winning easy to celebrate high five but when they're losing they don't know what to do first thing they do is they quit right that's your instinct and I can honestly say out of the you know the eight kids on the team not one of them quit for an entire season, and they won 0-10. I mean, yeah. we're talking 0-10, right? And uh, I think, you know, one of the things that, that I had said was no one ever remembers, you know, the 5-4 and four teams or the 4-5 and five teams. <laughs> but when you go 0-10, you're, you're going to remember that for the rest of your life, right? Yeah. And I, I even used, uh, you know, one of the lines of, I think it was Remember the Titans, remember when uh, one of the games they said, you know, remember – they're always going to remember the night they played the Titans. So I use that exact <laughs> word in my in my email. I kind of said, you know, thanks to these boys, and you know, they're they're boys with the hearts of men, yeah, right, and just their will to win and not quit and never give up and persevere taught me that I will always remember the Spartans, right? I mean, yeah. always remember. That's a great name too, Spartans. <laughs> it was awesome. It was an awesome, awesome, awesome name. Yeah. But I think, you know, by, by sending that out, I had to send it instantly because I knew if I went home and thought about it, I'd probably, you know, either chicken out or not send it or whatever. But I think I captured everything I felt in that moment. And it wasn't that I was, I, mean, I hate losing, right? Everybody hates losing. But for me, as much as those boys learned this year about, you know, overcoming adversity and, you know, never quitting, I learned more, right? Yeah. Because to me, it's not about winning and losing, right? It's really about being the best version of yourself in whatever scenario you're in, right? So be the best husband you could be, be the best father you could be, be the best friend you could be, the best teacher you could be, the best coach you could be. And if you're doing that, then you won. Yeah. yeah. Right? I mean, it's, you, don't, you don't have to be, you know, 10 and 0, to feel like a champion yeah. because 10 and 0 champions, they don't always win in life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a really good segue because we've got our first guest on the okay. podcast and he just happens to be a coach, father extraordinaire, um, awesome guy, power lifter, um, FCA character coach, a lot of great things. This is Carnati Ford um, sharing the mic today, as we would say, with Carnati. So thanks for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Happy to be here. Yeah. What uh, What are you up to these days? With uh, your coaching and so like a million coaching things, never kids. ends. <laughs> yeah. So I am um, training the football team at Independence High School, a new high school out in uh, Brownleton. Okay. And so I spend four days doing that after work. So it's work that and my four kids now at home. So yeah, okay. between that and helping my wife, she does a nonprofit, so helping out with that, doing the FCA stuff. Yeah, a little bit of everything. What's her nonprofit? Uh, Better Life. So what she does is she um, gets money to put on the kids' lunches account that are overdue because in Loudoun County, if their lunch accounts are overdue, they can't feed them. So yeah. she goes around and puts money on their accounts to make them hmm. positive, plus add money on top of it so they can eat. That's awesome. Dude, yeah, that is awesome. Yeah, she she came from a rough background, and so that was her heart was to give hmm. and to help these kids, and so that's what she does on the side, and so I'm trying to help awesome, that as well. Yeah. 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 Four kids, huh? At home. And what I have seven ages? kids. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Combined family. Yeah. Uh, so I have a 19-year-old. Oh, actually, has two 19-year-olds. Um, one's in college right now. Um, one's living in Florida. Um, I have a 
18, oh, she's 19 too. Another 19 year old, and she is a senior at Heritage. Okay. Um, I have an 18 year old who's in Florida um, as well with my son. And then I have a 17 year old who's a junior at um, Heritage. Okay. And the twins are three. Oh, not three. Okay. Third grade. Third grade. Right. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's fun age. Yeah, so I got them all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. We're in Florida. Uh, in route in um, Spring Hill. Okay. Spring Hill, Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Florida. Yeah. A lot of good memories there. <laughs> <laughs> you visit down there much? Not very often anymore. No, yeah. that was from a previous marriage until they're down there. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I went there a lot when I was in the station down there um, a couple times. Down in, um, where was I at? I was in Pensacola. Yeah. Florida. Okay. Yeah. And you did 10 years in the Navy. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And let's talk a little bit about, like, you grew up in California. Yep. And how did that, like, tell us a little bit about your family and how that, like, happened from your parents to being a kid when you got through high school to going into the Navy? Uh, so my parents um, were divorced pretty early. So, um, but I was born in Inglewood, California. Yeah. Uh, my parents and us, we moved, me um, and my sister and my parents moved to Simi Valley. Went from yeah, L.A. to Simi Valley. Simi Valley sounds like what it really is. It's, uh, yeah, not very diverse. <laughs> so I, that's where I spent uh, most of my life was in Simi Valley. Um, parents got divorced a few years after we got to Simi. Um, but they were, they're so close, so I was still able to see both. So they're both in my life. Um Went to an air show when I was 13, saw the Naval Sea Cadets, yeah. and I was hooked. Yeah. And I joined the Naval Sea Cadets since I was from 13 until I graduated high school, and ever since I was in there, I wanted to be in the Navy. Mm. And the Sea Cadets was cool. This is like ROTC for kids, um, and so I went to boot camp, I went on ships, I did all, yeah. had a blast. And so I, that's, I was all for the military. Yeah. Yeah. And so I uh, joined the military right out of high school, about seven days after graduating high school. I was on the bus. Crazy. Ready to go. Ready to go. Yep. Yeah. How old were you? 18. I was 18 when I joined the Air Force. There you go. Right out of high school, yeah. man. That's crazy. Yeah, no looking back. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, how, um, like, what sort of things did you, like, in those 10 years, what were the things you picked up that kind of, like, helped shape your life? Uh, well, or some of, like, your beliefs or, like, so, interesting story about that. So, I grew up in the church, got in the Navy, and lived like a sailor. <laughs> yeah. And got myself in a lot of stupid trouble. Yeah. Um, so, I think the, the biggest thing I learned is uh, to just really think about things before you jump into them. To really get some good thought to it. Um, also, you're never too far gone. Yeah. You can always make it out, which helps me now with the kids is because I've been through a lot of stuff these kids have been through or trying to get into. And if I'm able to get out of it, they can get out of it. Yeah. And so the scars and stories I can share with them helps me, them to realize I'm not just a goody two-shoes mm -hmm. FCA coach yeah. that knows nothing about that life. Yeah. I've been there and I've done that. We've got the scars are proven. The kids are proven <laughs> to prove it as well. Yeah. <laughs> So, so what about like some of those initial relationships that went wrong, like mm, alcohol. Really? Oh yeah, drinking, partying, and running into girls. Yeah. And that's yeah. yeah. So I was trying to live a life, and because I was big then as I am now, and so it's, it wasn't hard. Yeah. And so yeah, that, and that's what these young boys think they want. They yep. think they want that party life, girls hanging all over you, and. This part, I mean, drinking, everybody wants you out there with because everybody wanted me to hang out with them because I'm the big guy, so I could protect my idiot friends who like to get drunk and start fights. <laughs> so they, I mean, I was a life of the party. And I wasn't, I don't say life of the party because I'm not, I'm not the kind of person I was out there, like, look at me. But everybody wanted me around because they knew I would protect them because that's the kind of person I am. Yeah. And so, and like I said, I people bought everything, all my drinks for me. I mean, they take me out, they buy me stuff. I mean, it, and this is what these kids think this, this is the life they want, and it's not. Yeah. Well, because I got kids out of wedlock. Um, I get <laughs> some really bad <laughs> things I was able to get out of. I don't Some of the stuff is pretty bad. Not yeah. really, but <laughs> it's all good. I was able to, um, I think, because the grace of God, I was able to get out of some things that I should have never been able to get out of. Yeah. 
This was when you were in the Navy. Oh yeah. Like you like you think they should have kicked you out of the Navy. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. It yeah. just it just don't it's just living that life. Yeah. That you see and you see it everywhere. It's yeah. just and I was living that life and so that life gets you in some some yeah. situations that you just don't want to be in. Where was your first duty station? Uh so my first year was Pensacola, Florida was at okay. school. So I went there and I was there for a couple of years. Uh, a year and a half, and then I went to Norfolk. So that was my first real duty station, Norfolk, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. That's when I did surface ships, and um, just um, it was it was fun. I traveled a lot, never home. So. Yeah, but it was good. I had a good time. Yeah, but isn't that ironic? Like you're you're saying, don't act like that, right? Yeah. And, and we say it too, right? I mean, we all say it. Right? It's like don't don't do what you see on TV. But how do you how do you combat that, right? Because that that's all yeah. these kids see. I mean, it's they they get. The big contracts, they've got the girls, they've got the cars, they've got the houses. Then they're bankrupt, Yeah. but they don't see that point because yeah. all they see is the here and now. I want to be like him. I want to be like her. Yeah. And it's all trouble. Yeah. The first thing is you have to show them that you care about them as a person, um, not an athlete, not a, they're a person. Once they know that you care about them, then they'll listen to you. Yeah. So that's, that's step one. Then I kind of work in, well, one, try to keep them grounded. Yeah. Realize, okay, this is the path you're going. Well, first I say, what's your goal in life? Because you can't get to where you want to get to without having a written down goal. This is where I want to be. Yeah. Then second, I say, okay, how do you think you want to get there? What's the best way? And so we talk about and discuss it. Because if you can get these kids focused on a goal and a, a plan to get to that goal, they're more less likely to do the other stuff because they know, oh, take them off track. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I work with them to try to help them find a goal and how they get there. And a realistic goal. A lot of times these kids don't have realistic goals. So yeah. first, it's got to get them a realistic goal. They, they can say, yeah. Like if you're five foot 10, 170 pounds, and not very fast, you're not going to NFL. So <laughs> yeah. just, just, just forget that one else. Yeah. So and you, you combat that. It's why you know with parents. Parents are... The worst with that. Yeah, yeah. my worst. kid is the is the next Joe Montana. No, he's not. <laughs> yeah. So, so we get them realistic goals, give them a plan, and then you continue to challenge them, and because you give them steps, right? You can't just say, okay, here's your ten year plan. Yeah. What are you gonna do this week? What are you gonna do next month? What are you gonna do the month after that? And then you keep challenging them, and then you um, check up on them. Okay, where are we at? Yeah. Are you getting there? Because again, if you keep them focused in a certain direction, they're less likely to drift off to all those other stupid stuff. Yeah. And then when they do, because we all make mistakes, you say, okay, you were going fine down this path. You screwed up. You went here. Okay, how we can get you back on track? Yeah. That type of stuff is what these kids need because they don't yeah. get it. They don't get it in school. A lot of them don't get it at home. Yeah. And so that's what they need. And I think once you do that, because I didn't have that. I didn't. I wanted to be in the Navy, but after that, I have no idea what I'm to do. Yeah. Okay, I want to join the Navy. Okay, now what? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm here. Yeah, I'm here. <laughs> yeah. How many kids do you feel like you have, high schoolers now, that you have that sort of mentor relationship with? So this is a brand new school. I just started with them last January. Yeah. Um. So right now, I'd say probably 10 to 12 of them right now. Yeah. Um. And that will grow over time. It just depends. Um. When I was at Heritage, it was... At most of the football team, they truly, and but again, I was with them as a strength coach. I'm with them all year round, yeah. so I'm always there, and we're always talking. Um, earlier, talking about toughness, but uh, but I think it's before we on the mic. Yeah. Um, the one of the areas that you can really build that mental toughness is in the weight room. Yeah, and so yeah. I build it in them there. They see me do it because I live with them, so I'm not the kind of coach that just sits there and tells them what to do. They see me grinding just alongside them. So when they see me grinding with them, they're okay, okay, this guy is not just, you know, smoking my butt. He, he's really working. Yeah. And so that allows me, again, another segue into saying, okay, when listen to me, let's sit down, let's talk about some things. So we talk about it. And I use lessons from the weight room to help them in life. Yeah. Because I mean, those of, same lessons apply to corporations yeah like if you have somebody at the top of the corporation that's not willing to do what their subordinates are doing and like you see that all the time it's just it's not going to work out as a leader but that's every that's every 
company out there for the most part, right? Yeah. I mean, but but you always you always wonder like why is this company, you know, why does everybody want to go to that company? And it's usually because you look at the leader, it's pretty easy to see, right? Yeah. They're willing to. I mean, again, I'm in the recruiting world, right? Business development, so there's a lot of a lot of cold calling, there's a lot of grinding, right? There's a lot of systems that we use, and if those systems were configured by people that aren't grinders, what's the point? Yeah. Right. And and that's that's one of the things that you know my group's doing now is. We're going through it. We're reshuffling the deck saying, hey, guys, you've been doing this wrong for the last six, seven years because it's been, it was calculated from someone that's sitting at a desk running reports yes. versus somebody that needs this tool to get a job done, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's, I mean, I look at kids all the time. I look at grown-ups all the time. And I think half the conversations I have with people in the workplace are the same conversations I have with my seven-year-old, yeah. <laughs> right? it's which, true. Is, which no, is mind-blowing. Right. Yeah. It's not a, you know, I'm not throwing shade at anybody. Yeah. It's just... I think a lot of people get so focused on, you know, what I want versus really, like, why do I want it? Like, what, right? And, and I actually, I think yeah. I've heard you talk before about, you know, what's your why, right? Yeah, I mean, it's such why. a common thing. Yeah. But if you don't have that, you're just kind of running in the dark. Yeah. Well, what you you see, don't know what's driving you. Yeah, you see all these people with all this money. They get this this nice car, the big house, and they're unhappy. Why? Because they thought they wanted that. They didn't. So if back when they were in high school, if they said, this is what I really want, this is why, and this is how I'm going to get there, I think a lot of their paths would have been different. You know what I mean? Yeah. If that makes sense. I think they, they, they want all this stuff, and yeah. this stuff doesn't make anybody happy. Yeah. I don't care how much stuff you and got. You see it all the time. You look at Robin Williams. You look at yeah. the ladies who did the handbags, Kate Spade. Yeah. You see all these people that have everything killing themselves, you know? Yeah. That's why my biggest thing is... To have a legacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If I can have a legacy, you know, that's all I want. Yeah. I want to have a legacy. And I talk to kids all the time. I said, especially the kids that are really, really connected to, that I really, really know that they're going to carry it on. I say, you know what? I want you to be my legacy. Yeah. And it, it means a lot to them. And they, they take it seriously. Yeah. And I know they will. So I've got a question. So if you've got 10 or 12 guys that are kind of like-minded, they have their goals written down, and then you have another like 30 or 40 dudes on the football team that are just kind of like no goals, no interest in goals, just want to like live their lives. Like, do you try to connect the guys that yes. you have on the right path together? Yes. So I think that's so huge, right? Because oh, yeah. if you can get around like minded yeah, people. Influence too. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's those 12 people I try to build up these servant leaders. Mm-hmm. And because we need more of those. And so that's what, and I say, you need to take this person. This is the person you need to go talk to. It doesn't help for me to try to just beat up on those other 30, 40 guys. Yeah. It doesn't do nothing. Yeah. So what I do is I say, I take these 12 and I say, okay, guys, we're going to go after these handful of guys right now. And we're going we're gonna to work with them. We're going to show them you love them, show them you care about them. And then we can slowly work into getting them on, our, on the same page as us. Yeah. And so it's teaching them the same things that I've learned over the years. So hopefully I make some more me's <laughs> not not that I'm anything <laughs> special but yeah. you know what I mean that that really want to make a difference yeah, do do good yeah right and, exactly. and I think that's but that's a sign of a of a good leader right so kudos to you man because again I think you know there's managers and there's leaders right and managers you know they manage tasks right leaders build people grow people facilitate people and I think you know you see this ego right and I mean this is a common theme that we talk about all the time just this this ego thing most people are reluctant to surround themselves with people that are better than them because everybody's going to know that I'm not as good as these people. Yeah. But that's actually the exact scenario that you want. Like, yeah. you, you shouldn't be walking with people that are all worse than you or going in the wrong direction. You want people that you want to strive to become. Yeah. And then once you become as good as them, you're going to be like, all right, hey, guys, how do we get better? And let's go find the next, you know, what's the next level to kind of go up there? And it goes back to, you know, not to get psychological, but it goes back to, like, Maslow's, Hierarchy of needs, yes. right? I mean, it's when you're learning it, I give two shits about it, right? Yeah. It meant nothing to me. But now, when you look backwards, you're like, oh, man, that guy, yeah. he kind of knew what he was talking about. Yeah. I, I get that, right? Oh, yeah. In the stuff, right? Yeah. Like, things are things. Who cares? Can, replaceable. Yeah. But lives are not replaceable. Yeah. You cannot replace anyone's life, yeah. period, right? But I think it's, it's good that you're you know, focusing on the youths because that's, that's the key, right? Because a lot of adults... I, mean, I know you said everybody can be fixed and changed and brought back in, but sometimes they don't want to. Yeah. Right? They they would rather hold a grudge against somebody for fifty years. Yeah. And it's like, man, life is life is too short. Get yes. over it, right? Yeah. 
And one thing you're talking about, about trying to put yourself on the right people. So one thing I do because I travel for work is I try to connect with people. So I went to St. Louis for two weeks, um, the last couple of weeks. And so one first thing I did, I went to one of the universities and sent an email and said, hey, can I come by and just watch you guys work? So then I went and met with these strength coaches and watched them do their thing and mm-hmm. got to sit down and, and learn from them. And then what was cool about it was they had a football practice going on. So I went out there and just go yeah. hang out the gate and go watch. And the head coach came over and talked to me. And I was like, I'm just some little high school. Why, why do you care? Yeah. The, the crazy thing is that next week, because I was there for two weeks, so next week he invited me out. We had breakfast. And um, he said he, he wanted to mentor me. So hmm. I just had a call with him today. And he we talked. And he challenged me on several things. And this guy has been around the block. He's been all level. I mean, he's he's a legit coach. Yeah. And he, has, he, said, he said one thing he said today was, I want this to be consistent because this is too important just to kind of do whenever. So he said, we're going to schedule out a block of time every week, and we're going to make sure this happens. And I was like, who, like, who am I? Yeah. Yeah. But those are the kind of people that we should be striving to be around. Yeah. And he's 10 times better. Like, I should not even be talking to this guy. Not even, there's <laughs> but, no reason yeah. to. But those are the kind of people that we have. That's only way to get better. Yeah. You know what I love about that story is the fact that this wouldn't have happened if you hadn't stepped outside your comfort zone. True. Yeah. Like most people, when they travel, they're just trying to sit in their room, watch TV, go down to the bar, you know, hang out with coworkers. Like the fact that you actually went somewhere and it probably was like, do I even belong here? Like this is outside of like, it's not yeah. the most comfortable situation, but I'm just going to show up. Like that's huge. Yeah. And that's where, you know, they always say like on the other side of fear is where you have like success and breakthroughs. Yes. So I think that's just a perfect example of that. It's funny, I'm picturing most it. most business trips where, you know, everybody's looking at their agenda. Oh, man, breakfast at 8. Uh, I can sleep till 8.30. Then you go down, you're like, booked till 5. But then you have nothing from 5 to 8, and then you have the company dinner that you have to go yeah. to. Right? But it's like, what do you do in the in the time okay. that, that you could just, like, today's point, you could just sit around and yeah. do nothing. You know, yeah. you, could, you could sleep. You read a book, yeah. or you can go out and try something new and figure it out. And I think that also plays into your whole servant leadership thing, right? It's just as you're doing that for the boys, he's doing that for you. Yes. Because at some point, I think people, we have a desire to help, right? Mm-hmm. Whether whether you know, we realize it at 10 years old or we realize it at 80 years old, you want to be the one that realizes it soon, yeah. right? You don't want to be that guy that 80 years old, you're laying on your deathbed going, man, I wish... I wish I helped this person, or I wish I didn't, you know, close the door on that person, or, you know what I mean? Because yeah. all of a sudden, it's too late. Yeah. You, you lost your chance, and it's almost like, how dare you, you know, yeah. keep that to yourself and not share with others what you know, man. Yeah, but it also goes back to the idea that it's just a biblical principle of, like, you reap what you sow. Yeah. You know, like, if you're putting that out into the world, and you're investing in kids, and you're coaching mm-hmm. them, and you've got a good heart, like, those good-hearted people that want to coach you are going to step into your life. That's yes. just the way yeah. life works, you know? Oh yeah, I, I love that. I completely agree with that. That was, I did not expect it at all. And he's a kind of he's a servant leader. This coach is a servant leader who he loves God, and he's always he's trying to pour into these these athletes, and he's all about helping because he had a, a situation with a kid that bad background. Um, his dad just died, and he basically got DUI, got drunk, and hit a transformer. Um, electric transform on, on appliances. Yeah. And instead of just saying, we're done with you, screw you, bye. Yeah. They are working to try to help him. He's not going to be on the team anymore. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you throw him to the side and say, we're moving to the yeah. next guy. Because we're talking about life. Exactly. Life's bigger than the sport, right? Exactly. The sport, I don't care how good you are, it's going to end eventually, yes. right? I mean, now granted, you know, you look at Major League Baseball, I mean, you had, you know, thanks to the steroids, you had guys who played until they 50, they were peaking at 48, right? Yeah, but yeah. but I think, you know, the, the, the point that you're, you know, you're really driving home is, you know, this this is a kid, right? Yeah. I, mean, I mean, he couldn't have been too old, you know, 19, 20-year-old kid maybe. Yeah. Man, he's got a lot of life left, right? Yeah, and if you put him on the right direction, he's going to remember what was done for him, and then he then is going to return the favor. Exactly. Right. What do you see as some of those things that, like, kids in Loudoun County, like high school kids are dealing with that maybe we don't even, like parents don't realize or maybe we didn't deal with when we were kids. 
Mostly. Like, do you think everything's changed with social media and like oh, pressures, yeah, like yeah, drugs, yeah, alcohol? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all of it. Everything, everything in above that <laughs> you just said. It's yeah. It's the drugs. It's the alcohol. It's the uh, social media. It's the um, online bullying. It's parents just not being involved. Like yeah. some of the richest kids we have, parents are not involved at all. They have no parents. <laughs> yeah. So you have to care about them just as much as you do with the kids that have nothing at all. Yeah. I've had. We had a, some a situation, a kid that has nothing, has no family, he's living with some lady, and uh, man, has nothing. And, and the, he, he came to our, our team, and he was the jerk, of course. And he's always pushing the limits. And I one thing I've, I've noticed is there's always a reason why. You can never mm-hmm. dismiss a kid because of how they act. There's always something deeper. Yeah. And so you have to just dig. And I dug and dug and dug. And I found out what was going on with him. And I just loved him where he was at. I didn't say, I will love you once you get here. I said, I'm going to love you right here. And together, we're going to walk to where I think you need to be at. And it wasn't he wasn't trying to be a jerk. He would, didn't have a father in his life. He didn't know how, to, and it sounds stupid, but he doesn't yeah. know the right way to act. And yeah. I know it sounds ridiculous. Some of these kids have no idea because they weren't taught. So all they see is what's on social media, on TV and movies, and that's what they emulate. Yeah. No one's told them, and all they, everyone does is just yell at them. Just yell and scream and throw them to the mm-hmm. side. Yeah. Instead of saying, hey, what, let, let's, let's talk about this. Do you really think this is a good way to act? Yeah. If not, how can we, how can we make this better? Yeah. I mean, I think that's everybody, you know, adults, like, and it's always like those insecurities yeah. when you get oh, down yeah. to it or driving that behavior. And that's the reason you should never like treat anybody like the people that are being jerks are the people that really need the love, right? Yes. Because they're the ones that have those insecurities and that's what's causing that behavior. So you have to look past the jerk, yeah. <laughs> you know, behavior. Especially kids. Yeah. yeah. Right. Because I mean, I mean, again, in, in coaching sports, right? I mean, there's some some parents that they shouldn't be allowed in the same town as the sporting event going on, yeah. right? I mean, it's, it it oh, really yeah. is ridiculous, yeah. right? To the point where, you know, like I guess I guess a question that I have for you is, I mean, we're talking about you know helping the kids get through the stuff, but like how do you how do you approach a parent and basically, you know, in a in a polite way, yeah. basically say, hey man, get your act together, like be present, right? Yeah. Because if you read any any book out there, any study out there. The effects of a, a non-present, you know, father or mother in a kid's life when they become 20, 30, 40. I mean, you cannot deny the proof. Like, yeah. Just be there. Show up. Yeah. So I was a head pressure coach at Heritage for a while. And one thing I learned is you communicate, over-communicate, and show the parents that you care about the kid just as much mm-hmm. as they do. That took care of all my problems. I'd never had a problem with a parent at all once mm-hmm. I did that. It, I think they want to know that they matter. Yeah, they want to know their kid matters. You show them those two things, and a lot of times they will trust you. They won't get on you. Mm-hmm. And I had kids, like I said, it's a freshman team, but I have kids that didn't work horrible, should never be on a football field. <laughs> and they didn't play much, but I never had one thing from the parent because – I explained to them, they, all these kids, all these kids are not going to be great football players. But you know, I'm going to treat each one the same. I'm going to help each one as much as possible. If I want to, if you want me to stay after for an hour to go work with a kid that is four foot ten and hundred pounds, and never will play uh, varsity football, that's fine. I'll I'll do that. You, if you act, if you, if you, if you talk to the parents like that and explain to that situation and, and explain that you care, yeah. they yeah they, they won't get any problems. That's what I've seen. Yeah. But a lot of times, coaches will be like, one, I'm the coach, screw you, I'm going to do what I want to do. Or they try to ignore them. It's always just so, they they just want to. And the problem is, too, as a head coach of a high school team, there's a lot going on. A ton. He can't do it by himself. So you have to have the right people around you, too. Um, That's one thing I would. The character coach is good. Not to, not to say that you have to have, because I don't, as a character coach, I don't preach the gospel. That's just not, mm. just because that's not what we're supposed yeah. to do, because it's in a public school. But what I do is I love on the kids. I pick up where those coaches can't, because they, mm. it's just too much to do. So 
I pick up yeah. so that when they yell at a kid and push him off the sideline, I'll go and scoop the kid up and talk to him. Not not to baby him, right, but right. talk about the situation and see if I can help them see things differently. Um, so I think that's the issue. I think the coaches have too much on their plate and there's not enough people or coaches around them that care enough to pick up that slack. Or they're so focused on, like the DBs coach, so focused on his DBs or the defense coach. They're so focused on, again, what's your why? If yeah. your why is to win games, you care less about that kid. Yeah, yeah, you get that tunnel vision. Exactly. What but, about, uh, so I assume you played sports. Yes. Did you play football? Yes. So if you were to think of football coach, what positions you play? Linebacker. Okay. Middle or outside? Both. Okay. So think of your linebackers coach mm-hmm. or think of, you know, your defense coordinator, who it is. Who would you say had the biggest impact on your football playing? My middle linebacker. Okay. Middle linebacker. And why? Uh, because he cared. He truly cared. It yes. was not me, about me, the football player. It was me, Carnati Ford, and that's who he cared about. Yeah, I think it's it's funny, said because I, I think back to coaches, and you know, you had the coaches that were just ego, like mm-hmm. they wanted to talk about, you know, their days of you know, yeah. Alabama, <laughs> Polkai, five touchdowns in one game, right? And and you know, we're all looking, around like he probably never took a snap, right? Yeah. There's no way that you played football. And, <laughs> and then you had the guys that were just so like. You know, they would just knock the snot out of you if you, you know, if you missed a tackle or didn't wrap up or, or something, right? And then, you know, we had we had one coach. He's our offensive line coach, uh, Scott Mack. Littlest guy in the field, but he was just calm. Yeah. No matter what was going on, he'd be like, hey, take a deep breath. Like a surfer almost. <laughs> right? Like, yeah, yeah. you were like, wow, man, this this is crazy. Yeah, I want to go. I want to go run through a, a brick wall for this guy. Yeah. Right, but again, it's it's that same thing. It's if you know that someone believes in you, dude. That's half the battle, man. Yeah. Because then you you use that momentum and you can do positive things. If you know that somebody is, you know, rooting against you, mm-hmm. you know, why am I going to go take the hill for you? Yeah. Right, because I don't trust you. Right, yeah. and, and I think with the why, you got to have the trust. Exactly. If you don't have trust. You really don't have anything. And I've had that in the workplace, right, where I didn't trust people, you know, relationships where I didn't trust people mm-hmm. or people around my kids where I'm like, I don't I don't trust this guy. There's something about him that just makes me feel weird, right? Yeah. And, and I think you got to you gotta establish that because without that, there's nothing, man. Yeah. Like, it's – it's and that's in everything. I mean, even, even trust in doing this, right? I mean, sitting in this – <laughs> doctor's office, <laughs> like something out of a uh, hostel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's one thing. Actually, we talked about today. Me and the that head coach I was talking about. He uh, he was talking about how you get a kid makes a bad play and he runs out off the off the sideline and you scream at him. Once you scream at him, he's shut off. So now mm-hmm. when you try to instruct him after, you're done. It, there's no reason. It's a waste. Yeah. So he said instead, what you do is you say, okay, you did this. Okay, you did this well. Because you find something, he says, he always tells his coaches to find one thing they did right before you tell them what they did wrong. Yeah. Say one thing they did right, and then you say, instead of but, use the word now. So you you say a receiver runs a good route but drops the ball. So when he runs back out, the coach or the mm-hmm. his coach will say, okay, you ran a great route. Now let's do this instead of but. Because once you do the but again, they shut off. Yeah. And I was like, I never thought about it, but it's so true. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's so true. Yeah, it goes back to Thumber and Bambi, man. You can't say something nice. Don't say, I mean, at least start with something nice. Yeah. Shane, admit it, I cried in Bambi. I think that was the first movie I saw in the movie theater, and I cried when Bambi's mom died. So, not a proud moment. Yeah. We got to be careful, though, because I think a lot of coaches, they'll go too far to the other side. Yeah. Yeah. And they baby him. You don't want to baby him. Yeah. But you don't want to just beat him down either. Yeah. When I think of the gold standard, I think of John Wooden. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. talk about trust. Yep. Talk about calm. The guy was never blowing up at refs or his team on the sideline, but he worked them to like he worked them hard. Yeah. They knew every single person that played for John Wood, Wood, Wood <laughs> knew that like this yep. guy really cares about us. He's a character dude. We trust him, and I mean, look at his record. It speaks for itself. Yeah. Like, but you can apply crazy. you apply that to parenting too, right? I mean, oh, yeah. what's the what's the? I mean, I know the answer for me. I'm sure it's the same for you guys. <laughs> Yeah, we'll take daughters, right? What's the the most impactful thing you could say to them when they do something wrong? What's the most impactful thing? I mean, 
when they do something like, wrong. What will just crush them? Oh, what will crush them? Yeah. Like, not, it's showing, not yelling. Showing just how disappointed you uh, are. Dude, I say those oh. words, I'm like, yeah. I'm, I'm so disappointed. Yeah. And it's just like Niagara Falls. And I'm like, I'm good. I'm good. But again, you don't have to yell. You don't have to raise your voice. Yeah. No, I'm not like that with my boys. I'll openly admit that. Right? <laughs> boys, I, mean, I could like grab my six-year-old and like, you know, nose to nose yelling. And he just looks at me like, what? What are you going to do? And I'm like, ah! Why can't I treat him like the girls, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same effect. No. <laughs> yeah. What, um... All right, so so moving out out here to Western Loudon, right? How does it compare with California? Uh, it's more, so California is more laid back. Mm. People are just a lot more laid back than out. Yeah, out in Loudon in general, it's just a different lifestyle. Yeah. Um, I like it out here though. It's it's quiet. Um, I love the drive home from work, going over the mountain, yeah. and the yeah. sun coming. I, Hey, call me a girl if you want. I, no, I, I, I like it. I love so, it. So my uh, one of my good buddies, who he was the reason we really decided to move out here, because he was out. He's like, dude, you got you got to come out here, man. It's awesome. It's God's country. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, uh, so he coined that hill, Stress Mountain. Oh yeah. And as soon as he said it, I'm like, yeah, yeah man. Yeah. <laughs> right? Because it's like you know, it's like you're you're in the city, you're in traffic, you're yeah. wherever whatever customer sites all over the place. You get up that mountain, and it's like all your stress is left yeah. behind, and you're like. All right, this is this is good. Yeah, you know? it's almost like oh. yeah, it's, but it, but it's wild because unless I, it happens to back up. Oh, that well, one, that, last night it was while, bad. Last night it was bad. Yeah, yeah. Last <laughs> night I got off the greenway, and I never take the greenway because I am cheap. But I had to get to the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I allowed two hours time, and I was like, you know, my GPS was saying I was basically going to be there in about an hour and forty five minutes, and I'm like. <gasps> Oh my God, what am I going to do? So I was like, all right, I'm going to get off, you know, seven and go the back way. And I forgot. Right? So I took a left instead and I went, oh, there's no one. I had the minivan, so I wasn't really jumping any curbs. But uh, yeah, I'm always curious. now? Like $22? (laughs) I have two kids. It really is ridiculous because I'll put, like, I don't trust all these automated systems, right? So I always will make like, oh, I owe money. Okay, I'll put money on it. So I'll put like $35 on it on a Monday. And on Thursday, Done. it says insufficient funds. And yeah. I'm going, how is that possible? Yeah, right? Like auto renewal. two days. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you do auto renewal, man, then you're just. Well, they they have the, the, the cash back program, right? Where it's like, uh, I think it's, you, if you do like a minimum of 25 trips per month, then you get cash back. So I had it figured out when I was using it every day to and from, I was basically spending, I don't know, maybe $3,000 a year. Oh. Okay. But don't worry. I got $300 back. Oh, $300. <laughs> so you spend three grand, you get 300 back. Wow. So basically you get a month free yeah. for spending 11 months, thousands of dollars. And that's when I was like, you know what? I'll take my chances with Route 7. Yeah. It's yeah. okay. And usually it's a 10-minute difference anyways. Yeah. Route 7 is better now without all the lights. When they got rid of all those lights, yeah. it makes it a whole lot better. Dude, I'm thinking about running for office, and my platform is going to be, if you get on the Greenway, let's say you get on in Leesburg, and you get off in Tyson's, right? Yeah. And it's calculating based on when you get on, when you get off. If it took you longer than it would have taken you to be on 7, you get it's your free. money back. <laughs> Dude, that would be awesome. That would be great, right? Because yeah. sometimes you, you get on the greenway and then everything's jammed up in Reston yeah. or wherever. It's like, I would have been just as fine on 7. I made I spent all this money and, yeah, I should get a refund. Yeah. That's a good platform. Yeah, right? I like yeah, that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, mine would be a little boring. So are you, are you a sports guy, a professional sports? Football, yeah. Who's your team? The Niners. Okay. I'm Cali. Made a good run this I, year. I, I, I grew up watching Jerry Rice and Joe Montana, <laughs> so it was great. The heyday, man. Yeah. So I was very upset. I yeah. was yelling what happened, and screaming. Man? What happened in the fourth quarter? I, I wish I knew. <laughs> I wish I like why? Okay, you get an interception, fourth quarter, run the ball. That's yep. how you got where you're at. Yeah. Run the. I don't know what. That's how they won the NFC Championship. Yeah. Was Garoppolo yeah. through like seven passes the whole game? So I mean, I, uh, I, I how do I put this? I don't know. Garoppolo is okay. Garoppolo yeah. is not great. He yeah. just isn't. And I'll admit it, he's not. Run the ball. That's what we're good at. Our blocking is, I mean, we 
exceptional yeah. blocking on the run. Yeah. You know, it to me, I think it's that Shanahan mindset, and it reminds me of watching the throwback, like, mm. 98, 99, 2000 Broncos. Yeah. And that's what they did. They yeah. pounded everybody with Terrell Davis, and you couldn't yeah. stop them. Like, why they got away from that, I don't know. Like, do you think, like, what do you think of Kyle Shanahan? Oh, he's, yeah, he's, he's all right. He's, yeah. I think he just got Because he got a lot of blame for the Falcons. Yeah. Losing that yeah, Super Bowl, yeah. and now with the Niners, I think he just overthought it. I think yeah. he thought he just overthought it. Over yeah. coached himself. He, yeah, he got concerned because the running game wasn't perfect. But we're getting it's a run game. A run game. Sometimes you get one yard. Sometimes you get right. ten. It, you can't you can't stress out and worry if you get two one yard runs and now it's third and eight. Yeah, fine. Keep yeah. running it. Yeah. What happens? It beats the defense up, and they sooner or later they're going to give up a big one. Yeah. Sooner they get tired of hitting, getting hit all the time, over and over and over. Just yeah. wear them down. Yeah. It's fourth quarter. They're already worn down. Yep. Yeah. I, I was I'm very upset. Very, yeah. very, very <laughs> You guys had some physical backs, too. Oh, oh yeah. Those guys were hard. Yes. Yeah. Tight and they're just the hard. kind of backs that you want in that system. One yeah. cut and then downhill. Yep. Yes. Yeah. No dance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just hit the hole. That's that's what I loved about football back in the day, because a lot of teams do it. It was just, hey, I'm going to run this down your throat. You stop me. Dare yeah. you. Yeah. Nowadays, they want to do all this trickery. No. <laughs> it, it's it's a game. It's a physical game. It's just like our society. Mm-hmm. We went from a physical game to this nonsense. Yeah. Just like our society. We used to be some tough kids. Nowadays, our kids are soft. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Now now it's, I mean, you, you even, like, push somebody and yeah. you're getting suspended for two days. And, and you know, I'm not encouraging fighting, yeah. but it's like... Like we, we joke around about that all the time, and, and I you know I tell my wife about I, mean, I grew up you know no dad right single single mom, and I got in a lot of fights growing up, yeah. and it wasn't because I was a bad kid or I was a good kid, but it was it was almost like the pecking order right yeah. it was like you know my buddies would get beat up by the older kids I would fight them I'd get beat up by them I'd tell my neighbor that was older than them and they'd come and beat them up and it just it's like the circle <laughs> lot yeah, right? yeah. You, but but at no point were parents involved or yeah. teachers involved. But also, you never had to worry about someone bringing Guns, a knife or yeah. a gun. Or, yeah. I mean, like, you know, occasionally someone would bring, like, a stick. And you're yeah. like, yeah, you're going to hit me with a stick? You know, right. let's fight, right? Like, it's, but I think that the world has just, maybe I don't even know about the world. I think us as a country, like, you know, China must be licking their chops going, mm-hmm. man, if we invite, invade there, they're all going to take off running. They will. Like, oh, don't hit me, you know, please don't hurt me. Now, I don't know if they had this in the Air Force, but when I was leaving boot camp, they started these stress cards. So if you were feeling stressed because you were getting yelled at by the guy, they had to give you a timeout. No this, joke. Yeah, this that was not around when I was there, thank God. I was like, like <laughs> So so you know we talked insane. about, you know, uh, Abe Lincoln coming back and meeting Trump and you know, Kennedy <laughs> Kennedy coming back and you know meeting uh, Bernie Sanders. What would some of the great, you know, war heroes of all time, right? Not even just the US. What would they say, or what are they saying? If they're looking down, they're probably all together like, are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> Is the next fight going to be like with yeah. you know water balloons? Yeah. Dude, some of those dudes on like Jocko's podcast that were in Vietnam, oh, yeah. jumping out of helicopters, like, you just, people just don't do that. No. Like, they were going to die for their country, and they made these decisions like that. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah there's still people insane. like that, though, because I met, I, well, I kind of met, met a guy um, that... Again, he wants to give back. So he was a cop, and he felt like he wasn't doing enough to help. He found out this group that goes overseas in some bad areas, and they go to protect and rescue these people and help the hungry and do all that kind of stuff. But it's called something Rangers. I can't remember exactly what it's called now. Yeah. And this dude's getting shot at and everything else. And it's, he's, no, hey, this is yeah. free. He's, and to do it, he sold everything he had. And he just lives over there. He just comes back every once in a while to get trained and stuff. But yeah, yeah, could care less about his own life. He, like all he wants to do is take is to, to provide and help those less fortunate. Than him. And went yeah. to some pretty awesome. rough areas. Yeah, and he was telling some stories of like, I'm doing this for free. Yeah. Well, my wife can't understand why I like the the series of the Expendables. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. And, and that, that's exactly it. It's like take everybody in Hollywood that was ever a man. Yes. And throw them in a movie. And I'm like, yep, let's go watch it. <laughs> it could be the dumbest plot on earth. I don't care. Yeah. Because who who's filling that void now? Yeah. Right? I mean, who who's the next? I mean, The Rock is awesome. Yeah. But really, after The Rock and maybe John Cena, 
Yeah. Who else is there? Well, you think you look at shows nowadays. Men are sissified in shows yeah. and movies. Oh, they yeah. are not real men anymore. It's like it's it's taboo. Yeah. And I don't get it. Yeah. It's who was, who was, uh, someone was talking about that recently. Or maybe there You was... know what it is? Is you have this false narrative that tough, manly men, quote unquote, are going to be like Harvey Weinstein and these like guys that are like <laughs> yep. Me Too movement. Like, well, they're just jerks and they're always trying to go after what, like there's, Society that isn't accounting for the really strong, tough dude that's also not racist, not misogynistic, yes. not trying to, you know, hit on women in the workplace, like being that jerk. It's like, no, these guys still exist. Well, because it's, it's extremes, right? Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it, it's right or wrong in every single scenario. And look, I mean, when it comes to, like, moral compasses, yeah, there's right and wrong, right? But when it comes to everything else, like 99% of the things that pop up, there's a lot of gray area. Yeah. Right? You can think something. I can think something. You can think something totally different. That's cool. All good. We're not going to, you know, start a war over it, right? Or, yeah. or, or sit there and, you know, start throwing out, you know, names and, oh, you're fat, you're ugly, you're stupid, you know, you're racist, you're that. It's like, whoa, just because I disagree with you, right? And I was actually listening to Frisella, uh this morning. I listened to his most recent one. And I forget the doctor's name that he had on there. Yeah. But they were talking about uh, the vegans. Yeah. And just how ruthless they can be, right? Yeah. And they, they just throw out, like, all these lies, like, true lies. And people don't argue, like, oh, yeah, well, meat's bad for you. It's like, well, okay, how do you know, yeah. right? Show us the proof. Well, there is no proof. I just know it's bad for you. Yeah. Or I, I saw there was an article on, on something today that there's a woman, and I don't even know where it was on that guy that just read the headline, but a woman who was jogging in a neighborhood and asked her neighbors to close their windows when they're cooking meat so she doesn't have to smell it. Oh my and I'm like, all right, man, this is like, <laughs> like we're getting out of, out of control with everything, right? Yeah. Like, I, I get, like, you know, you don't want to offend people, like, on purpose. Yeah. But at the same time, I mean, t- yeah. toughen up, people, yeah, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Toughen up. Yeah, we got, yeah, we got issues. That's definitely, I, like, I don't even watch, I used to watch boxing. Man, I saw that nonsense. These guys coming up in chairs and crap. What the heck <laughs> yeah. was that? And then the dude blames the loss on the fact that his costume was too yeah. heavy. You see this? Like the what? Whole thing's crazy. This yeah, is why I don't want box anymore. What yeah. happened to just coming with a t-shirt, taking it off, and let's go toe to toe? Yeah, see. yeah, it's uh, it's, it's because crazy. everybody's trying to get a little bit more attention than somebody else. That, that's exactly like what it the is. TikTok culture of just doing in, the most insane yes. challenge you can do, the most insane. Thing you can think of is what's going to go viral, yeah. and that's what's going to make you some sort of quasi celebrity. Yeah, but why don't I just go in the ring and bust you in the nose and be done with it? <laughs> yeah. Know me for that. Yeah, no, know me no, for I this. Can't, they can't do that. Yeah, so I got one wild story I gotta tell, and I know I know we gotta wrap up soon, but so I, I went to a uh, I went to a buddy's talking about just crazy worlds and you know, crossing paths. So I went to a buddy's uh, birthday party this weekend, his 50th birthday party, and I'm at this brewery, right? It was actually uh, Old 690, right? Great, great brewery, great place to hang out. You know, kids can run around, play football, and they were they were getting after it. There's about ten boys just going to blows, <laughs> but it was great to see, right? Because yeah. we're all watching. And so, anyways, I'm I'm talking to this guy, and I see this guy, and you know, sometimes you meet people, and you just you look at their their eyes. Well, that sounds a little weird, but you look at their <laughs> eyes, and you just you just you remember certain things. So I'm looking at this guy, I'm like, man, this guy looks so damn familiar. So, hour goes by, and finally I turned to him. I say, hey, man, I'm, I'm Mike. You know, nice to meet you. He's like, oh, I'm Clint. And I'm like, okay. What's your last name? He said it. And I'm like, where'd you go to school? And he's like, well, I was in, you know, these the Marines for, you know, four years, and then I went to school down in Florida. And I'm going, do you play rugby? And he goes, get the fuck out of here. Welled up with tears. This is my buddy that we play rugby with in college. Wow. Haven't seen him since before September 11th. So 2001 wow. was the last time I saw this guy. And I saw him in a brewery in Percival. He's been living in Percival since 2005. Wow. That's crazy. And he was there with celebrating my buddy's birthday. Wow. Had no idea that the world's crossed. But you, you, you sit there, and, and I think, and I do believe that God throws people in your life mm-hmm. for a reason, right? Yeah. So, I mean, like, you're sitting here for a reason. Like, we're all here for a reason. But that was, like, one of those things where I went, I must be going on the right path, because what the heck? Like, yeah. this is just wild, and we probably talked for three years or three hours to catch up on bad times, too, right? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. like my, my daughter, she asked, she's like, wait, Dad, is 
was he there the night that you got in the fight? And I'm like, yeah, 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 it's not, that's not important right yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that was 20 years ago, honey. Like, I don't, get I don't, I don't remember that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But then, of course, she's like, yeah, yeah, I was there, man. Remember that guy came running? I'm like, no, 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 no. We'll talk later. Wow. Pretty wild, man. Pretty wild. Yeah. So let me ask you something. So do you drink still? Yeah. You drink coffee? Yes. You drink tea? Yes. Right, let me ask you. So this is a little segment that I want to start doing, and uh, we're going to use it on you for the first time. So if you could pick one person, living or dead, to drink a cup of coffee with, who would it be? The Rock. Oh, my man. <laughs> you got the Brahma Bowl on the shoes. Let me see. I like oh, that. Yeah. Dude, oh, that is yeah. awesome. What is that Project Rock that yeah. he ever does? Oh, yeah. I yeah. love the rock stuff. Dude, he's yeah. he, he's a, uh, you know, speaking of giving back. Oh, yeah. Dude, hell of a guy. Oh, yes. Was always a hell of a guy. His yes. dad was a hell of a guy, and his grandfather was a hell of a wrestler, right? Yes. So it's it's crazy. I mean, that that's a great story, right? I mean, because to go from playing football at University of Miami, which nobody knew who the hell he was, you're mm -hmm. Dwayne Johnson, still big as hell then. Yes. But... Goes in the WWF, right? And yeah, he was all right at first, but then he started building this persona, right? Mm -hmm. People's people's eyebrow. I mean, that's what, <laughs> that's what did that. it. Yeah, right? yeah. And can you smell the rock is cooking, yeah. right? But to to take that stage as big as it was, and basically multiply it by a hundred yeah. as a movie star, he was the highest paid actor last year yeah. in all of Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Mind blowing, yeah, right. But a good dude, yeah, like a good dude, one hundred percent through and through. Yeah. All right. How about? You know what's uh, interesting about that is like his acting isn't great, but he's got such a following on social yeah. media that when he promotes something, like that's why he's getting these paychecks. Oh yeah. It's because everybody likes the guy. Dude, you know? he's he's yeah. a good dude. My kids love him. Right. Yeah. I mean, him and John Cena, they're like obsessed. <laughs> obsessive. But but I but I I think that you know with with The Rock, he's. Like, what you see is what you get. Yeah. Right? Like, he's yeah. not afraid to push back, even politically. Like, yeah. push back against Democrats. Push back against Republicans. Like, if he sees it, he's going to say it. And most of what he says, you can tell he chooses his words wisely. Right? So, he, he says what he feels, but he does it in a way that isn't going to offend anybody. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, I, I can't think of a single thing I've ever heard him say that anybody could be like, oh, screw that guy. Yeah. Right? Because he's, he's smart about it. And I wish some of that would would bleed over mm -hmm. into you know the political arena right now, where where it's like, like I agree with what you're saying, but the way you're saying it, mm, I can't get behind that. Yeah. Or the way you're saying it sounds good, but it's BS. I, yeah. I don't I don't buy it, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think it's finding that blend to make it work. Um, all right. So if you could have a beer with anybody, living or dead, who would it be? So it have to be wine. I'm not a beer drinker. So or wine. <laughs> red, red or white. Red. Okay. Oh. You have to choose somebody other than The Rock? You couldn't have coffee. Oh, man, I know. <laughs> I know. Don't this, I don't know. You're a protein shake with him. Yeah. Um, I think, let me try. Ooh, that's a hard one. <sighs> Probably. Yeah, hey, take, take your time, man. I mean, you, you only get to choose one person, so I want it to be I, a good one. I, I don't know. I think it'd be... Hmm. I, I shouldn't say it. Be, well, I'm going to say it anyway. Probably Kobe Bryant. Okay. I like, I like that. that. Because even though I don't 100% agree with the way he, in the beginning, lived his life, that relentless pursuit for excellence... Yep is something that I would love to understand how to do it, but do it in such a way that I don't alienate my relationships, if that yeah. makes sense. So I, I just read one of the books um, mm. by a guy that that worked with him. and Who was it? Was it Tim Grover? Yes. Yeah, yep. dude. Just read that book. freaking awesome. Love, love that love book. It. Yeah. Was it book? Relentless? Yes. Okay. So I agree with, that pursuit for excellence. I don't 100% agree with how he went about did it, doing it and yeah. how Tim Grover says the only way to do it. I think there has to be a way you can do it without mm. 
alienating everybody in your life. It has to be. Yeah. I, I, I cannot agree. I don't know. I just, I just in my mind, I, I have, because of how I think, there has to be a better way. Yeah. I don't know what that is yet. I'm still, like I said, I just got done with the book probably a month ago, so I'm still trying to figure out that balance. Yeah. But it has, it has yeah. to be. I think, it, like, when I think about the Kobe's, the Jordans, yeah. the Michael Phelps, the Tiger Woods, like, all the greatest, like, they are obsessed completely. Mm-hmm. And everything else probably suffers in their life. So my balance is, like, do you really have to be the best? You know, yeah, like, second well, well, it, it, sounds, the it sounds horrible. It sounds bad to say, like, who would, wouldn't want to be Michael Phelps and have, like, how many gold medals does he have? And, you know, maybe in your life, like, he probably has found more um, joy and more balance. But, yeah. like. But what is the best? What, what, does, does the best have to be how many medals, how many rings? How, uh, yeah. You know what I mean? Maybe yeah. that's the issue. Maybe the issue is. In Kobe's mind, and people like Kobe, the best to them is having so many rings, winning so many championships. And maybe that isn't. Because I think Kobe did it. He was going after that, but I think along the way or after he got that, he became the kind of person that created such a um, legacy that that, to me, made him the best. Not the rings, but that legacy he left. Now, were you a Lakers fan when he was playing? Oh, yeah. Okay. Because I'm from L.A. So I was yeah. a Spurs fan. Yeah. So Kobe always drove us, like, yeah. you know. But I was the Spurs Lakers. I guess I didn't know, though, until I started reading some more about him the last several months, about how he got to where he did and the stuff he hit, he did to get there and how he just kind of said, screw everyone else. I'm going to go spend all this time in the, gym, in the gym, shooting baskets, working yeah. out. Um, if you're not... Helping me get to where I need to be, I don't need to be around you. And they and he said that his relationships really struggled. He they, he kind of alienated everybody. But again, I think you don't have to do that. I think he could be great without that. I think that yeah. that falls into you know you saying that you know you want a legacy, yeah. right? And and you know I think it also piggybacks with what's your why, yeah, right? And and for me. It's not about, you know, me passing the finish line first. Mm-hmm. It's about, you know, how many people can you bring with you exactly. to cross that finish line. Yeah. Or or maybe I'm winning the race, but I've, I got both of you guys next to me, and at the finish line, I push you ahead of me. Yeah. So you guys, boom, you tie for first, and then I come in second. Yeah. Right? But but everybody's different, right? So maybe maybe your quest to be the best is, you know, how many trophies can I fit in my trophy room? But I think, again, at the end of the day, it's it's stuff. Right? Yeah. It's just stuff it's that just you've stuff. accumulated, and guess what? When you leave, it's not going with you. Yeah. But if you're the person that you know, you gave the shirt off your back, and you you truly impacted every single person you met. Yeah, you know, you're being buried in the ground or whatever's going on. All those people are still going. Man, you know what? Like, like for me, my why is is my wife and kids and friends. Right. Yeah. That that's it. So if people say, hey, he was the best dad ever, best husband ever, best friend ever. Awesome, right? Then I can look down and be like, all right, I, I won. But if if there's no one there or all the people there are like, what a jackass, right. but he was the fastest or he was the strongest or he was this, like it really doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah. Right? You got to accomplish what you set out to accomplish. So and only you can define that. So how do you how do you make sure that you every day that that's what you're going after? So it's funny you say that. I, I, uh, I believe in like verifying, yeah. right? So, I mean, I do it with my kids. I ask them all the time, like, what, what can I do better to be a dad or how am I doing? And usually they'll, you know, because it's uncomfortable, right? Yeah. It's uncomfortable to, you know, critique somebody, especially when it's your father asking the question. Yeah. But I ask him point blank, like, tell me. And one of my sons will always be honest with me, you know, and, and he'll, he'll look me in the eye and he'll be like, Dad, you know what? You're great. You're the best. Like, there's, you can't do anything better. I'm like, come on, buddy. I'll keep, like, pressing. I'm like, give me something. Give me something I can work on. He's like, well... You don't always have to blame me for everything. And, like, to me, that's exactly what I'm looking yeah, for, yeah. right? Like, I, like and, and, you know, I get tears in my eyes when he says it, but I'm like, Man, I don't do that, do I? And he's like, Dad, I'm like, oh, I just did it again, right? Like, <laughs> but but it's, it's, it's because I think I see myself in him, right? Because he's just, you know, he's got a heart this big. He's nine years old. He's got a little brother. So I always blame the older brother, right? I mean, that's just yeah. kind of the way it goes. But it's, that is, like, unfiltered truth, 
and I think that's that's what I strive for at work, right? I tell anybody that's ever worked with me for me, hey, what what can I do to help? What can I do better? And you know, I appreciate the the feedback when they're like, hey, you know what? I really hate when you do this. I'm like, man, thank you. Like, I didn't realize I did it because I think most of us. I mean, you always talk about the lens in life, right? Like what you see things and how you perceive what's happening. You, you can't, I don't know what you're thinking at any given moment. Unless I ask you, hey, man, like, what'd you think of that? Was that, was that good? Did I say anything to piss you off? You're like, yeah, dude, you pissed me off. Yeah. Dude, I'm sorry, man. But you don't know that unless you ask the question, yeah. right? So it's checks and balances and, and accountability, right? I mean, who holds themselves accountable nowadays? Yeah, nobody. <laughs> right? I mean, it's good and bad, yeah. right? No, nobody does it. It's, you know, they just kind of go through life and, yeah, me, 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 me. And I may have stepped on 15 people's throats to get to where I am, but they don't even think to look back and go, hey, let me, let me help you out, right? Instead of get out of my way, I want to be first, I want to win. Mm-hmm. Yeah, kind of goes back to the 10 Spartans. Don't ever forget this guy. <laughs> so yeah. I got to pick on you, though. So, again, you didn't tell me, though, exactly explicitly what your why is. You said to be a good father and, and a good um, husband. Yep. But is that really a goal that you can measure? I mean, I guess if I if I if I take it deeper, I think so, right? I think. Well, so so you said take it deeper. Yeah. So the way I say this because if you have a goal that broad, right, it's really easy to say I did it. And not really hitting the mark. Mm. So it's like throwing a dart or dartboard. As long as I get it on the dartboard, I'm good. Right. But in my eyes, I think you want to be a bullseye, right? Right. So what is your bullseye? Mm, man, that's, that's funny. So, so I always looked at it as, again, single mom, right? So I always looked at it as I don't know how to be a good dad, mm-hmm. but I know how not to be. Yeah. Right? I don't know how to be a good husband, but I know how not to be. Yeah. Right. And that's kind of what's guided me my whole life. But I think for me, you know, I want my kids to, you know, almost continue to raise the bar. So like when, you know, when my sons and my daughters have kids, you know, and they marry, I want, like I tell my daughters, I'm like, look, you can get married as long as the person loves you more than I do. Mm-hmm. Like that's the rule. And they kind of laugh like, oh, come on. That's, I'm like, you, you think I'm kidding? They, they better love you more. Now, will that happen? I don't know. But imagine if they did. Yeah. Right? Then all of a sudden, it just continues to get better and better each generation. And, I, I mean, I guess to set a, a, a I don't know, man. Like, yeah, now you got me thinking, What's your bullseye? Um, you know, the bullseye for me is when that day comes when I pass away and people are there at my funeral, like, people have stories about how I helped them. Because I think, like, the value mm-hmm. of a life is always in how much you gave. So it's like, I mean... Kind of like going back to Kobe. Like, yep. does does anybody talk in the past few weeks? Have people been talking about that game winner he hit in the regular season against some random team? No, no. Yep. The thing people are talking about is what he did the for impact. others, the impact he made in their life. So it's not like, <laughs> you know, for me, it's not like the tangible, like he made this much money or he grew this business or whatever it was, like. It is about how many people you impacted and made their lives better. Yeah, it's it's love, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's you know like you said, loving on the kids, right? Yeah. It's it's like I don't want my kids to ever and and you know I try to have these conversations with them as much as possible. Like just because you're in trouble or just because you did something wrong, don't ever forget. I love you, no matter yeah. no matter what you do, right? Yeah. Oh, even if I kill someone, even if you kill someone, I still love you. Yeah. I'm not gonna you know accept that, but I still love you. You're still my kid, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's. I mean, that's what it all comes down to is just love, care, feed, yeah. teach, yeah. watch them grow, right? So then I still want to challenge you, though. Yeah. Because you still haven't, in my eyes, hit that bullseye. Yeah. So come up with a mission statement. Think well, about it. Spend yeah. some time. I mean, if I go good. deeper to why, yeah, I want people to, like, it is about pointing people to my faith. Okay. Because I want people to see that the way I treated people pointed them to something higher. Yeah. Yeah. The end of the day, so you're almost the gateway, yeah, to better, yeah. What about you? Like, what do you see as your bullseye? So, I have a mission statement. Let's hear it. I, I read to myself every morning, 
So my mission is to make more deposits than withdrawals into the emotional bank accounts of those God has placed in my circle of influence, especially family, by being aware of the small things and living in the moment with humility and empathy. I will not be driven by needs or wants, but will be led by the Spirit. I will never stop learning and growing. I will always be joyful by always being grateful. I love that. You hit on a lot of the keywords right there. Gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. What was the... um, uh, I do not have well, anything near that. I just have <laughs> guiding principles, right? But especially they, yeah. everyone has their own. It doesn't yeah. have to be a certain way. It's no, just, no, I like you, have to, you have to have your read, goals. Read the last two sentences. There was something in there I wanted to react to. The last Maybe two the last sentences. Um, I will not be driven by needs or wants, but, be, but will be led by the Spirit. I will never stop learning and growing. I will always be joyful by always being grateful. Okay, it was a little bit earlier. Oh. Uh, my mission is to make more deposits than withdrawals into the emotional bank accounts of those that God has placed in my circle of influence, especially family, by being aware of small of the small things and living in the moment with humility. Yeah, that's and what it was. I love the idea. Like, that's one of my focuses too is living in the moment. Yes, I think being present in the moments is one of those like really key things that people lose track of. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's, that's huge. That's why I put it on there because yeah. because there's phones and everything else. It's hard to stay in the moment. So yeah. it's the next thing. Where, where am I going next? Yeah. Where am I going next? Yeah. Or where did I come from? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more than people looking to the future. It's always about the past. Yes. Whether it's good or bad, you made mistakes in the past. It doesn't matter. Ten years ago, don't matter. Actually, yesterday doesn't even matter. You made mistakes. You made. You were awesome. You were Kobe Bryant. You won Finals MVP. If it was yesterday, it really doesn't matter. Like, who are you today, Kobe? Yeah. Well, that's what they're. You know? I think my pastor said one time. He said, "If you're not, com- if, you're, if you don't have new stories to tell, you're mm. not living life. You're not doing the things you should be doing. You're not living your purpose. If you're yeah. still trying to tell the stories from ten years ago, yeah, you're like the uncle in Napoleon Dynamite, man. Yeah, Uncle <laughs> Rico. Oh, the coach had just put me in the fourth quarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's great. Let me close things out. I just want to tell you, I think, I mean, I think everybody should connect with you. I think the stuff you're putting out on Facebook's awesome. Those one or two liners that you're putting out every day. Um, Carnati Ford on Facebook. What's your Instagram? I love your content uh, there. You're putting motivational stuff. Coach Ford. Uh, oh, shoot. Hold on before I lie to you. It's not like um, it's going to blow up overnight <laughs> because of this podcast. Coach, oh, Maybe someday. Maybe someday. <laughs> Coach Ford. <laughs> N-D-H-S. Okay. And the last story I want to tell is actually something my wife said, which just kind of points to the idea that he's a real, the real deal. She used to work out at LA Fitness, and Carnati <laughs> would be there doing his powerlifting. And um, one of the things she mentioned that always stuck with me was, like, these gyms are kind of like these meat markets, right? Where all these creeps are in there checking out all the women. <laughs> yeah. And one thing Liz told me, she's like, I really think Carnati's a great guy. Like, I've never caught, like, creeper or, like, weirdo yeah, vibes. And she get she gets a lot of those guys in the gym that are just, you know, I'll bet. Yeah, yeah, you can tell. So I was like, that speaks a lot to your character, and just like the fact that you are who you say, and I think you're a person of integrity that people should listen to and get to know. I appreciate so, that. Yeah, no, yeah. I appreciate you coming on, man. Anytime. I'm glad to meet you. You as well. Thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. We'll do it again. That's right. Yeah. Drop the mic.